everybody to Candyman, a podcast not about the horror series Candyman. Don't say it five times in a mirror because we're going to be talking about Sweet Tooth, specifically the first episode of the Netflix series titled Out of the Deep Woods. And we're going to be reviewing a piece of candy at the end of the episode. In this case, it's a big one. It is Snickers. Guaranteed to satisfy you. Or does it? That's that's what we're going to decide. The, the biggest deal. That's I feel like the Snickers is Packed the king of with candy. Nuts. It's just the. Just to me, like it's us. always been. I think this is going to be quite an interesting discussion to have about Snickers. Maybe less so about Sweet Tooth on Netflix. I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah. as we talked about in the preview episode, big fans of the comic book. We've talked about it for years at this point on our live show. Recently on our Stack podcast, we reviewed every issue of the sequel series, Sweet Tooth The Return by Jeff Lemire. But this is kicking off the live action version, and there's lots of stuff to talk through here. First, First of all, I'll give a spoiler warning. If you haven't watched the episode on Netflix, definitely go do that. We are going to jump around a little bit, not recap every single little point, but probably jump to some of our favorite parts and overall impressions of the series. And I think that's a good place to start is what was your takeaway jumping into this world, checking this out in live action, particularly given there's a couple of little changes and tweaks and things like that that happened in the show. Uh, Pete, I, I want to go to you first because okay. I know you were very concerned, as usual, as you always are, and I, I think mm-hmm. it's fair, that it's making the jump from an art style, Jeff Lemire's, that you love very much, into live action characters, broad strokes. How'd you feel about this? Well, first off, uh, you know, I called it um, the the baby actors that had to be glued, uh, stapled, uh, stuff waxed on them, uh, held down against their will as waxed, they looked adorable. <laughs> uh, I don't know how they get those prosthetics on there, but a lot of babies were at work in this episode. A lot of working babies out there. So, I, you know, I don't know who to call. Uh, but hopefully some parents are getting some money. Ghostbusters, I think. Call Ghostbusters, uh, because that makes about as much sense as what you just said. Go ahead, Pete. Okay, Baby's got to work. In this economy, <laughs> baby's got to work. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. Um, I was... I thought it was beautiful. Um, I thought that it didn't uh, look like the comic, but a lot of the heart of the comic was there, which I appreciated. And um, I was really worried about a little kid with, like... Antlers duct taped to his head, but it looks great. So I was very happy with how it looked. I was just like, you're making it harder by going live action. If you animate, it's not as weird to have antlers. But I felt like uh, they pulled it off and it didn't feel too uh, crazy, if you will. Justin? Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was great. Like, you really feel uh, for Gus through the whole, it's heartbreaking throughout oh, this dude. whole episode. And you just feel, I mean, obviously we know a little bit about what's coming. Fixing your we, mud house. Yeah. We definitely. read, yeah, we know all about fixing the mud house and causing a fire an accidental yeah. fire. Yeah. Um, we know a little bit about what's coming um, through the comic book, but there's this dread over the whole episode, the whole pilot that I think is there in the show as well. Like something bad is coming. And uh, in this case, it's like multiple bad things. And they do the post-apocalyptic sort of Walking Dead style world in a way that uh, still feels menacing without there's no supernatural zombies or anything. It just feels menacing just by its sheer emptiness. And they did that really well. Like they kind of like fast forwarded through that. Not really, but like when we saw through a couple of characters perspective, but like. 
it was great how we kind of like got through that and then got to Gus and Gus's life. And I thought that was really smartly done, like having shit going crazy. And then some guy who's kind of out in the woods burying a TV. Like I get what's under uh, happening. Uh, you need not say more. So I thought it was really well done. Sorry, Alex, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you didn't at all. I, I was waiting for you to finish. Uh, the uh, I really like this as well. I think my one little asterisk here is I think it'll be interesting to see how the show plays out because this is such a strong hour and it's so well done, but it's so focused on Gus and his papa other than these side trips we take to the outside world. It'll be interesting to see how it works as a TV show over the course of eight episodes. But just in terms of the tone, the way that they shot it is absolutely wonderful. And they really, they nail the fairy tale aspects of it, which I think is hard to do. This I, I will say, this is not my favorite movie, so I hesitate to call it out, but I do think it's a good touchstone. It has very big fish vibes to me. Wow. Oh, uh, just, I it doesn't go, in my fairy tale things that I love, it doesn't quite go as far as like Pushing Daisies, which the Pushing Daisy pilot is one of my absolute favorite hours of TV of all time. And that wow. also oh. has the narrator, oh. it has these fantastical elements to it. So it doesn't quite get to that level, but it does everything that it needs to do here. It's gorgeously shot. Yeah. And I thought... Uh, you know, I know you're kind of joking, Pete, but I thought the animal effects were really good. And in particular, the one that you need to do right, which is Gus, his ears and his antlers, they work. And that could have been very distracting and it wasn't. It's subtle. It, it, the way the movement, the little bits of movement we got on the ears, I thought were, were great. Like, I feel like you believe you believe him sort of from the jump. And the the actor does such a great job of just being this endearing very grounded kid in this magical world i like the bits i think a big fish is such a good comparison it sort of looks the color of the show feels mm -hmm. very big fish and the way that they sort of dip into fantasy gus looking at the ghosts coming up from the yeah. like, steam and whatnot like I really like that. It felt like we were in his head the whole time. So let's talk about Gus. Let's kind of work through the cast here uh, and uh, talk about our general feelings about them. Because just broad overview of the plot, just in case you watched it, it immediately went out of your mind. It's essentially Gus is a tidy baby taken by his father, played by Will Forte, to this cabin to wait out the viral apocalypse that's killing the rest of the world. Meanwhile, a doctor, Dr. Singh, is dealing with that apocalypse, finding out at the same time all these animal hybrids have come up. Uh, and over the course of the episode, Will Forte raises the kid, keeps the world secret from him, and lies to him on a bunch of different occasions. Uh, and ultimately, that world is invaded by hunters from the outside that really upset it. Will Forte dies. A new guy named Jeppard, who is an old football star, shows up and shakes up Gus's world a little bit. And Gus makes a big decision at the end to follow him outside. So the kid is played by an actor named Christian Convery. He has done a lot of stuff, but not anything of this level. The one thing that I'll bring up that I thought was a fun connection because it connects to another podcast we did back in the day in one of our favorite shows. He was actually young David on Legion. Oh, for a couple of episodes. that's why it looks familiar. Probably. Uh, I mean, I would question that. I would question your ability to recognize that child. Sure. But same. I mean, not exactly the same, but like same level as they could have gone so wrong with the ears, the antlers and those effects. Kid actors can be very distracting and particularly hooking a show around an actor of this age can go very, very wrong. I thought it was great. 
What'd you guys think? I agree. Like it's hard for, uh, I think a child actor to be that sort of pure as we're getting with Gus, like an innocent because innocence hard to reproduce, uh, especially at a young age. And he is there. There's all these cameras shooting him. Uh, it's all riding on him. A lot of his scenes are by himself. Um, and especially in the back half of the episode, that is not an easy task. And he really does nail it. I think also very cute and about to go through this episode was hard and there's more to come. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm worried about is, is this going to be fucking heartbreaking the whole time through? Because this, this episode was stressful, just like a kid alone, like playing with fire. I was like, no, no, this is just, please uh, stop kid. And you know, there's nobody around to help him. And, uh, yeah, I was. I'm just worried about the the stress factor uh, going all the way through. But I I have to say though that the uh, yeah I I really f- I believe this kid. I felt like uh, they did an amazing job casting him. I also was really impressed with Will Forte. You get a little comedy, but it's just done so well. I was uh, I was very happy with that. See, I think I feel like Gus is happy because he gets a little hit in the old maple syrup. Yeah, you know what I'm talking oh, about man. just a little maple hit to keep the day going. Yeah, just a little screws it. I mean, I, I want to get back. Yeah, I want to get back and talk about Will Forte in a second. But that is such a funny, weird detail that gets thrown in there because we know it from the comic books. But even I, I haven't read them in a while. You know, I probably should have read them before we watched the show. But I, I yeah, not, you but, probably should yeah, have. You candy probably man. Like you hey, guys hey, candy man. You guys hey, did. candy man. You probably should have. <laughs> Don't say that name too too many times in a row. That's Candy right. Band? Only yeah. three to you can say it what four to six times. What's the correct number? <laughs> I think it's like eighty-seven times. So you can't say that. as long as you're not well, saying it in a mirror. It's fine. No bees with will inflation. Show up. But isn't the what is the computer but a black mirror? Ooh. You know. Oh wow. Have you ever thought about that's, that? That's really deep. Oh man. Somebody should make an anthology uh, series about that. That would be oh, cool. yeah, good choice anthology. And have it lightly tied together a little bit, and everyone be mad about it. Yeah. The syrup thing, though, the fact that they're just kind of sneaking in there and you're like, wait, what's going on? And then you finally realize, I think, or at least I realized after the second or third time, I was like, all right, he's drinking maple syrup all the time. That's terrible for his teeth. He's got to brush his teeth constantly. Also, like, you know, the sugar content, you can't raise a deer boy on maple syrup, (laughs) can you? I don't remember deer just eating maple syrup. You've raised several deer boys, so <laughs> tell me how you did it. You I, mean, I think what you're, what you're saying, Pete, is like, if you don't watch out, Sweet Tooth, you're going to end up with sweet gums, and that's mm. it. Uh, that's the teeth. arc of the season. I mean, not I to spoil just... anything for the comic books, but by episode eight, they're like, ooh, that's a lot of cavities. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's, that's the uh, network executive note on this. It's like, listen, we need a ticking clock. What if he loses a tooth? Every episode. Oh, every season. Every season. We'll do 32 seasons. Each one, he loses a tooth. I bet uh, another network exact is like, no, we got to make that magic 100 in syndication. So give him 100 teeth and he loses one every episode. Yeah, that's good. We got to talk to a dentist and see what they think about Shock full of teeth in his mouth. 
Back to yeah. Will Forte, though. I also thought he was great. I mean, we were joking about this a little bit on the preview episode, but he was awesome on Last Man on Earth, which was yes. obviously a wild, crazy comedy, but at the same time did have a lot of heartbreak in it. And he has done some semi-dramatic roles before, but this is almost the most dramatic thing he's done. And I, I really thought he nailed it. He did the father part exactly right. I agree. Like fun, but not uh, overly fun. And and what I like about when you cast a comedian, like it just gives you more range. Like that that fun side when it turns to his how worried he is and and stressed. Like I think you feel it more. And I thought he did a great job executing that. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, as a father, I feel like some uh, some key information would have been nice to, to give to his kid before he killed over. But uh, I did uh, really appreciate the the lockbox, you know, thing. And it was funny how the kid just threw away the money and was like, I get to, to the good stuff. So it's interesting to see what a kid uh, values as a treasure there. Let me ask you, Pete, you're in Will Forte's position, running out of time. You know you're out. What are you telling your dear boy? Well, you got to tell him about the virus. You got to tell him about who he is. Uh, fucking tell him who his mom is so he stops thinking any random deer that goes by is his mom. It was fucking heartbreaking as shit. Tell Wait, that fucking are you kid the truth. You, you think Will Forte was married to a deer? No, the kid <laughs> thinks. He goes, I saw my mom today, and he was talking about the deer he ran into. It was fucking heartbreaking when he when you realize, like, he's talking about the deer. He thinks his mom is a deer. At his age, I thought every human woman was my mom. So, I don't know. Yeah. I get it. I'm just saying. No, try no to help psychological clues there to what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> no notes. I did no love notes. that. I thought that uh, Rudder was wonderful, and uh, like you're saying, Pete, such a sad thing that he's seen no other humans the entire time he's been alive, except for his father. His father has lied to him about so many different things, Awful. omitted so much well, other information. He's, he's lying to he him to be not like to protect him. Totally. But this is something that comes into the comic book as well is now he's fucked, though. He doesn't know how to do anything because all his dad did was lie to him. But it's this line of protecting your child too much. That's what he does to Gus. And he does it in the wrong way. And ultimately, he is in the wrong because he goes too far with it. Um, That's that's fair. But I mean, uh, you're saying the show's the show is sweet tooth, not sweet truth. So like <laughs> you're gonna expect him to to hide a little bit of the truth. <laughs> oh man! Very fair, very fair. Uh, so Will Forte, yeah. great. Let's talk about the other father figure who shows up in this episode that we only get a little bit of him in the last quarter or so. Uh, Nonso Anansi as Tommy Jeppard, an old yes. football star who shows up and gives Sweet Tooth some advice. Uh, this is this is a classic setup. Jeopard is such a great character in the comic book. Uh, yeah. But just the setup of like, you got a big gruff guy who doesn't want anything to do with anybody, gets paired up with a sweet little kid and has to go on a big journey together. Um, it plays off in really nice and really interesting and surprising ways. Uh, but you do get the setup there. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a trope, but I think they do it really well here. And I think Nanzo channels Jeopard perfectly as well. Uh, yeah, it's a good um, – I really like the uh, – did you see in the uh, early part of the episode, the TV screen, you see mm-hmm. a little bit of Jeopard there? Yeah. Um, I thought that was a cool little like buckle up, this guy's coming uh, uh, moment. Yeah, I, I really I, – I, not only did I love him as an actor, but also that whole 
thing of like, they don't make them bigger than me, kid, was such a fantastic line. Um, Yeah, and I also liked how he treated that kid like a regular person. He didn't talk down to him. He tried to help him out before. He was like, good luck, kid. Um, Yeah, I I really, I thought, I'm very excited about them uh, teaming up because it seems like he knows a lot and can be very helpful for that kid who is really in the dark about everything. I think Gus has to up his slingshot game because mm-hmm. Jeopard. Oh didn't yeah, I felt really bad. He kept nailing Jeopard even after he was helping him. Like, oh, it didn't affect him in the least. No, he's but probably accurate. That, uh, what's what's the head thing that happens to football players? I don't remember because I've gotten hit in the head so many times. Wow, concussion. Uh, you're talking about CTE, perhaps? Yes, I am. Thank you. Oh, uh, maybe he has that. <laughs> Alex, dark turn, dark yeah, turn here in the uh, early, we, early part of this uh, series. Um, uh, can we talk about the pinky swear? When I saw the pinky move, I immediately thought to myself, "Don't, don't you, don't you do a pinky swear with that kid with it?" The, oh, oh, it's so creepy. That was so creepy. You're talking about don't the, make the, a kid shake your hand when you're doing when you got like a shaky. You're pinky. talking about the shaky pinky from the virus, right? The virus yeah. effects. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, stop! It was awful. <laughs> we're doing. We're shaking our stop. pinkies a little bit, and. He doesn't like it. Here's the thing, Pete. I can't stop. (laughs) Yeah. Now you got the virus. But like uh, pinky swear is a sacred thing. So them fucking with the pinky square swear it was a little too much for me. And that shaky pinky was also a little too much for me. Well, that's a good transition to talk about one of the other major characters in the episode, who is Adil Akhtar as Dr. Aditya Singh, who shows up a little bit throughout to give us this experience. explanation of what actually is happening. Um, Again, I probably should have revisited the comic and maybe I try it. We'll try to before we talk about episode two, but I don't really remember those flash sideways type things with Singh necessarily going on. I feel like we looped back in with him later on. Yes. And it was, I thought it was good. I thought the stuff was well filmed. It was the one part of the episode that me felt very Hollywood. Like it was like, and eh, we got to give it a setup. We got to explain what's going on here and why there's these animal kids. And uh, well done, but it did take me out a little bit. Um, and I didn't really get back in until we got back to Gus, personally. Yeah, I mean, it is. it feels very disconnected. And I think that's fine. I think what they're doing is a little setup. So it's uh, it's hard for them to – they're not ready to, to, to really loop them together yet. Yeah. What'd you think, Pete? What'd you think about those sequences other than being upset about the babies? Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I don't know if those babies will ever recover because when you grow up and then you find out what your parents did to you, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a conversation and a half. Like you're talking about that baby actors that you claim were mistreated because they were what had uh, animal stuff stuff super glued to them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So then later in life, you got to find out that like, hey, I was a bird baby in the fucking famous Sweet Tooth uh, TV show. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, dad, where's that fucking money? Like, that's uh, that's intense to do that to your child. You know, I'm just making sure you know those kids are CGI, right? CGI meaning crazy glued innocence. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Those aren't real babies? No, they're not real babies. Oh, thank God. Why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> Before I watched it, I was so stressed out about those poor babies. Like that bird baby, like, oh. Mm-hmm. 
But Pete, how many babies do you encounter on a daily basis that are CGI? <laughs> you thought about that? Are there any real babies out there? Oh my at God, all? that's right. Are my babies real? Or have I just been meticulously CGIing them running into our podcast every now and again? Wow, that's impressive, the work that you put in. So any other, before we move on to the all-important candy review portion of our podcast. <laughs> I'm just what, waiting for, it's a countdown until I get to eat some you're candy. Just, you're just looking at that Snickers. Our heads look like Snickers at this point, like some yeah, sort of yeah. turkey dinner. Uh, call out I mean, this is how I'll, This is how we got Pete to do the podcast. We are literally <laughs> dangling a candy bar in front of his head the whole episode until he we get there. Uh, what other things would you want to call out? Any other moments that jumped out to you in particular? Uh, I love building a, a straw father to replace um, a missing uh, father, a missing person. I want you guys to do that for me. Uh, uh, I will tell you why. I was so worried when that happened. I thought it was going to be his corpse. I yes. Legitimately, uh, yes. So, I was like, no, that's a dad just sitting there at the table. Yeah. Big relief. I got to say, though, that like, uh, uh, you know, when the kid like ran and hid, and then, uh, you know, there's that tripwire there, and he hits the tripwire, and that little, like, duck waddles out. I fell out. I thought that was really hysterical in all the right ways. Um, yeah, and but even the dad was lying about, like, what storms were to him. He's like, oh, this is, it's like bath time for the sky, son, yay. Wash the world's problems away. I was like, come on, dad, give him some straight talk. This kid is, he's got no shot at well, this is uh, this to- is a little bit of a side thing, but something that I did want to bring up and get your guys' input on. So clearly what the father is doing is trying to set up the world as a storybook for his kid. He creates his own storybooks, which is such a neat little detail. He's telling yeah. him things like what you said about the sky and about rain. Uh, and ultimately, Gus is going to have to find out what is the real world like? Is it dangerous? Is it terrifying? Or can he turn it into his own storybook? Will his power of goodness change the world in a certain way? And that certainly seems to be the implication from the narration. But the thing that I was most curious about is what you thought about, I'm trying to think how to phrase this, I guess the age level of the show, because Mm. this is very much framed as a all ages story, but I thought, I thought it got a little adult. Like it sort of splits. It's the sort of thing that I'm a little worried families are going to be like, Oh, it's about these animal kids. Let's check it out. And then the kids are screaming and sobbing on the couch. But uh, what did you guys think? Well, I think that's an interesting point because it's sort of, uh, it offers the same dichotomy that we're getting in the show where we have Will Forte as a father, like fictionalizing the world and trying to keep him safe for as long as he can and create this nice world for him when the outside world is much harsher. And then the, the viewer is watching the show that's actually quite harsh about the world, uh, for a child to see that has far fewer storybook things. So I don't know that, I don't know which is better if you're a parent choosing between these two things. Um, I do think preserving innocence and like making that, that is what makes Gus special. So I think, I think what the father did is actually good for Gus. 
despite the harshness of when he finally does encounter some aspects of the world, it makes him a different person from everyone else and able to uh, go further and uh, offer a purity that people rally around. Yeah, I mean, he as he's dying, he says, like, spending these, like, nine years and just, like, m- living in this magical world that we created together was so special. And it's like, yeah, for you, Dad, but you did nothing to help this kid be ready for this. You didn't show him how to fucking fix anything with mud, let alone tape or, like, you know, how to maintain a garden. None of that shit. You just jump around in puddles with them. You know what I mean? So it was like... Yeah. I appreciated like how lovely and sweet that is, but also like this life outside the fence is really different from what you're fucking raising them in this little bubble. So, and you're absolutely right, Pete. I wanted to show my kids this show as a way of teaching them how to maintain a garden. And ultimately I was very disappointed. Yeah, you should. You should. Yeah. Yeah, So Pete, you think based on what you said, the second episode is going to be sweet tooth getting on the world and being like, well, this sucks. Yeah, I'm just going to lay down and die here. (laughs) No, I think he's going to be like, this sucks. I guess I'll just write stories for the rest of my life and not like live in the world. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Any other moments you want to call out about the episode? Anything else that jumped out at you? I did like when um, when uh, Will Forte saw the dude um, uh, creeping around the fence and the guy was like, he's like, hey, what's going on out there? He's like, well, once the internet internet went down, it was over. And I was like. Truth. Yes. Wow. Truth. I really like that scene as well. Just a quick question. He wasn't holding a gun, right? Like it was Will a broom. Ford, it was a broom. Yeah, yeah, I like that move. I thought that you was really nice. Do you not have a good television to watch things on or a, or a computer? No, I hear you. I thought it might have been a sort of futuristic gun. Right. Exactly. Future gun? Yeah, future gun. I also will eventually shoot look like people brooms. with brooms. I shoot people yeah. with brooms constantly. Yeah. Uh, I really like that scene. I thought that scene was really tense. Um, I also wanted to call out the scene where Gus is hiding and then the deer comes in and immediately jumps through the window, just exits through the window. That was crazy. Taught taught him a lesson. That's what he does as well. Yes. One other thing um, I do, uh, I thought it was wild, the last little uh, sequence where um, Gus goes to catch up with Jeopard. Jeopard got far. Yeah, in, couple, in a couple minutes, it looks like he's really moving rough. slow. But man, yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's going to the cliff. Yeah, uh, I I did really like the conversation where it was like, remember what I said, and the kid goes like, it's okay to lie, and then Will Forte is like, that's what you took away from that. I thought that was <laughs> very amazing. funny. Yeah. That's why you get a comedian. That's exactly. Why you get a comedian. Yeah. So great first episode. Let's move on with our yes. candy review. This is Pete's pick, I believe, this week is a Snickers. We're going to talk about a classic, classic. candy bar. You're holding it upside classic. down. Justin, yep, figured it out. Figured um, it out. I will mention, uh, so I went to the gas station on the corner, and the gas station has no basic candy bars for whatever reason. Like, Whoa. they all have riffs on them. So, so I are you saying me a, and Justin are basic? No, I mean, I wanted to get a Snickers. I ended up with a Snickers crunchy peanut butter. So. Whoa. That's Alex. That looks this huge, is the perfect. By the way. This is the perfect trend to set. We're going to be like, let's review these classic candy bars, and you're going to come in with some like, yeah, oh, this three musketeers. Yeah. It's, it's actually not. I got a nine musketeers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but let's do it. Uh, do you want to? How do you want to do this? Do you want to ASMR first time? it? Like uh, we, you know, put it right up to the microphone. And well, do we want to taste it and then offer our thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, three, two, one. Take a bite. What? Yours are already pre-cut. Yeah. Yes. He, oh, he eats his candy bars with a knife and fork. <laughs> what the fuck, man? No, it's a uh, four bite-sized 
I mean, not bite size. <laughs> They're enormous. <laughs> but four chunks so you can share it with friends. But I'm going to eat all of them. Um, Where's this gas station? Is it in like an yeah. international hotel? Yeah, it's or an artisan gas station. <laughs> I really, it's a BP. I don't know. It's nothing fancy. Oh, British Petroleum. Okay. <laughs> no, what about beyond, good old American Petroleum? <laughs> what about good old American Petroleum, Alex? AP? Yeah, I'll go down the block. It's just called P. It's just called P in this country. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll offer up my thoughts first because I have the non-canonical Snickers. Um, oh, first of all, I don't like Snickers at all. Like, it is what? too much. I don't like it. What? It's too mm. much. It's like lunch, basically. Like, if I have a Snickers bar, I'm done for the day. I don't need to eat anything else. This one is not a Snickers. Like, it, I don't even think it could generously be called a Snickers. This is peanut butter, caramel, peanuts, nougat, and milk chocolate. It's like a completely different candy bar, and I like it. I think it's good. <laughs> what candy land did you grow up in, Candyman? Because this is not lunch. <laughs> this is this is like four desserts in one. It's like a hot fudge sundae. It's just too much. It's too much for me. I don't know. I the always... only thing richer, the, I agree with you, it is too much. The it's only thing richer than this, the only thing richer than this is a Snickers ice cream bar, which oh, is the yeah. most decadent thing you can <laughs> ever put in your mouth. That's some good living right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what do you guys think? Pete, what's your impression of Snickers the Caddy Bar? Fantastic. Um, it is one of those things where it is a little bit hardier, and I think that's part of their slogan of like, if you're hangry or something, you know, like grab a Snickers bar. Because it, it does made fill a you very up. big impression on you. <laughs> uh, it does fill you yeah. up. But I do like the combination of, you know, we got a little bit of nougat, uh, uh, caramel, chocolate. Uh, I think it's a fantastic combo. Um, there's nothing like biting into a, like a whole Snickers bar and just kind of rip it in half with your teeth. Oh, yeah. man. Rip it right in half. Oh, oh it's no, just like a monster. It's uh, it's a lot of calories, but man, it's it's really glorious. I love hot fudge sundaes. I like I said on the preview episode. I don't eat a lot of candy. Uh, the things I like are brownies and like hot fudge sundaes or okay, whatever. Shakes. And this has the hot fudge sundae qualities. Well, I can't talk. Like the it has the hot fudge sundae qualities that I'm looking for in a candy bar. This to me is the brass ring of your your. your oh wow! Style. Like you're this is the top. Top. This is the top candy bar. Wow. What? Wow. Wow. Man, this is Pete's wow. pick, but it sounds like it was Justin's pick. And yeah, that's, exactly. that's really interesting. If you could find a candy bar that beats the Snickers over the course baby of this Ruth. podcast. All day. <laughs> Fucking are you talking Ruth. about the candy bar or are you just quoting goodies? <laughs> Talk about the candy bar. Oh, okay. So. Bring uh, it. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, Maybe we'll get to this at some point. I think my favorite candy bar is Three Musketeers. So there you go. Oh, let's and do Three that Musketeers one is the diametric opposite of a Snickers because it's basically eating just air. Just nougat. It's with just chocolate. You, you bite into it. It's oh, like, it's poof. so great. It's like a cloud of Love nougat. It. Maybe we'll have to do that one with episode two, see what happens. I feel yeah, like. Get out of here with the nougat. Take the nougat. <laughs> what are you what talking other, about? At what other time in your life do you encounter nougat? Or, wa- or like, you know what I love? Nougat. Excuse me, <laughs> um, waiter, do you have any nougat in the kitchen? No. Nougat is a made-up thing that is, it's a trick. It's not a trick. It's glorious. The and greatest it's trick and that, fluffy. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled oh, was inventing nougat and getting you Pete LePage. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Here's the thing about candy is it tends to attract bees just like the candy man. The thing we're not talking about on this podcast. If you'd like to talk to us about Smooth Tooth, though, 
We do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. You can most likely, at this point, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. Hopefully it's rolling out there if the feeds are all working correctly. At Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, keep your candy fresh and your episodes fresher. Wow. Nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm high off this candy bar. It's so delicious. Me too. I feel like my eyes just opened yeah. wider than they have in a long yeah. time. I agree. This is great. Fired I'm glad we up. all like uh, Snickers crunchy peanut no. butter. No, you're no. the only one who likes that. Oh, right. Okay. That's Tune good. in next week for Alex's uh, Home Chef candy bar. <laughs>